Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood The Unabomber blowing up Waco, Texas and Heaven's Gates Alien modified men from apes Hitler faked his death and then escaped Bigfoot and the Mothman Son of Sam talking to dogs again Witches, ghosts and goblins Mysterious noise and hot dings Dark arts and the skull and bones Most celebrities are probably cloned So when you're feeling all alone Grab a beer and get stoned I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew We're here to entertain you A relaxed ass is a happy ass. But if it's a tight and unrelaxed ass, it's an unhappy ass. Oh, shit. Welcome to Strange Brew Podcast. I am your host, Tom Holmes. <laughs> and I'm the sexy and sultry H.P. Shovecraft, a.k.a. It's about to get steamy up in here on this episode of Strange Room Podcast. What's going on, everybody out there? In Dreamland. What you drinking on? Vodka water. Even though I was oh, hung drinking over vodka this water. Morning, hung over this morning, I am drinking vodka water. I opted for caffeine. I have yet to put any booze in me. I managed to avoid the dreadful hangover. Uh, yeah, I, I called it an early night. Technically, it is a brew because you're drinking coffee. So, yep, it is a brew. It works. It's a cold brew. It works. All right, so this is gonna be uh, you know now that Halloween is over, um, we're gonna get into some more true crime cases and everything. And I've been researching this one for uh, a while. So we're gonna get into John Holmes. Yes. You like women? Frequently. Like John Holmes gets yeah. into other people, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Exactly. All right, so um, we'll get into it, and then I might play some clips. I accidentally pressed that one. Um, but when when El Alice fell down the rabbit hole and landed in Wonderland, she found a smoking caterpillar, a bitch of a queen, and a ton of a ton of mind and body altering drugs. But that's only a children's tale. But in the real life Wonderland wasn't far off. A drug house on Wonderland Avenue, high above Sunset Strip, that hosted the seedy side of LA's up and comers. It's uh, it, it housed hundreds and thousands of dollars in drugs, and an vengeful leader's orders became the scene of a gruesome murder so bloody that it made news for decades. Yeah, we're still talking about it. Yeah, literally. I uh, pretty horrific. I didn't actually Look know he pictures. was. Uh, yeah, it's it's they. We'll get into it, but um, I didn't actually know that John Holmes was connected to this till I started researching it, like re- like researching him more, and then I found about all this stuff, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's funny because in um in Boogie Nights they only touch upon it briefly, like it's a it's a two minute scene, uh, which I can't hear that Sister Christian Motorin song without thinking of Alfred Molina in a speedo smoking crack. Yeah, I gotta it's revisit just the that only image in my I head. I haven't seen it in, in a while, but I want to revisit it. I told Chelsea she has to watch it with me, so 
We probably the acting sometime. is fantastic, and yeah. it's a it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film, I believe. Yeah, and I've I've heard about that movie forever, and I didn't even I didn't even realize for a long time it was about John Holmes. And when I was a kid watching it and shit, right? Yep. So today, eight eighty seven sixty three Wonderland Ave in Laurel Canyon is a home to a neat little split level. With um, a carport and an iron framework balcony and a family with a minivan. Nothing uh, on the outside suggests that on July 1st, 1981, four bodies would be discovered there. So beaten and so bloody that the LAPD compared it to the Tate and LaBianca murders. It's crazy, too, because this is all taking place in Laurel Canyon, and Laurel Canyon itself has a very sordid, dark history. Yes. Uh, what to do with the whole counterculture movement of the 60s. Um, Frank Zappa's parents were from Laurel Canyon. Uh, Frank it's where Zappa's most of the artists weird. hung out. Same I with love du- Frank Zappa. You do? He's you brilliant. Yeah, dude. I was, I was raised on buddy. Frank Zappa. Did you ever listen to the Mermaid episode? Yeah. That buddy, that kid Spencer, he's super into weird ass fucking music, like Frank Zappa, and like he listens to like Captain clown, Beefheart. He listens to like clown core and stuff oh like God. that. Literally, where it's like they have like honking horns and farts and all sorts of weird shit. He listens to it. He's like, yeah, there's a. He showed me one band, and he's like, yeah, they're uh, they're playing um they're playing some noises on a dead pig, and I was like, that's fun. <laughs> so he's into really weird shit, and he was like showing me Frank Zappa, and I was like. I don't know if I like this. It's fucking weird. And it's kid it's, fucking Dweezil, like in Moon mm-hmm. Unit, right? So you know why their their middle name is Unit, right? Dweezil's middle name is also Unit. <laughs> it's because Zappa wanted them to be a family unit. So all of his children have the middle name Unit. That is the stupidest shit I've ever heard. They they crack a joke. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very subtle joke for those that aren't Zappa fans in Austin Powers, where he's like, we will call this Moon Unit Alpha. <laughs> and we will call this one Moon Unit Zappa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's a Frank Zappa reference. So the house um, on Wonderland Ave was the home to members of the Wonderland gang, L.A.'s most successful dis- uh, distributor of cocaine in the 1970s. The growing operation had virtually concern, um, concentrated, cornered, and concentrated the market. The property was officially leased in Joy Miller's name, but it... It was a home to a rotating cast of characters. Joy was a longtime heroin user who had fallen in with the gang after separating from her wealthy husband and Beverly Hills life. That's a down downturn. I mean, heroin isn't exactly going to be conducive to a affluent Beverly Hills lifestyle. I'm exactly. sure you can't exactly go to parties and be like, I'm just going to lean on this wall for a little bit and then go in the bathroom and shoot up and come out and be like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Well, everybody else is doing cocaine. The last fucking thing they want is somebody on heroin. Yeah, because they're just going to be sleepy, boy. Yeah. I'm I mean, they're going to be obnoxious days. for like an hour yeah. and then they're going to fucking pass out. Have you ever been around someone that's been on heroin? Yeah, I've, I've been around. I've never been. It's, I've never. It, you, I've only seen like heroin in a baggie, but I've never touched it. Um, I've known dudes that have snorted it, but I've never... I've never been around anyone that's injected it or, or done it really. Now, somebody very close to me went through a really bad uh, phase of it and I watched them become somebody else entirely. And it's, it's terrifying. Thankfully they're, they're no longer in that issue, but 
It's fucked up, dude. It's sad. It is sad. I know the music makes it. A the music sadder. somehow makes it comical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is super sad when you see someone destroy their lives with drugs and uh, yeah, just like day John off Holmes. drugs, kids. Yep. Only weed and booze. Joy Miller's boyfriend was Billy uh, Devrel. Devrel? I'm going to say it like Devrel? Yeah, Devril. it's just like Deville, but there's an R in there somewhere, yeah, too. Yeah, Devrel. Billy Devrel, the gang's level-headed second-in-command. Reports would later paint him as a reluctant criminal, uh, one who regretted that his long track record of heroin abuse and resulting arrests made it difficult for him to find and hold down a job. Or any type of job. So, and he did regret his abusive heroin addiction. I'm sure it's only fun at first, and then, yeah. you know, you're just doomed because you're in the, stuck in this lifestyle. Yeah, you that- feel euphoria, and then you're fucking downhill. Um, mm-hmm. I would do it when I'm, if I live to see 85, I'll get some heroin from a crack dealer somewhere, and I'll do it. You're going you're gonna to be uh, Alan, was it Alan Alda in Little Miss Sunshine? When you're a kid, you're an idiot if you get into this stuff. When you're my age, you're a dumbass if you don't. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're not going to be able to get any pain meds by then, so nope. why not use the oldest pain metal around? It's true, because uh, they'll be like, no, you didn't get the vaccine in 2021, and then you got, you can't have hospital visits, and I'll be like, all right. Think oh. about the black market that's going to create, though. That's mm-hmm. going to create like a whole bunch of underground doctors, and it's going to be like you know back in the 20s and what have you. Um, it's not as though, like, how do they think that this shit's going to go? But that's, it, topic yeah, for a whole yeah we time. gotta, I'm, we're trying to stay off that topic for, unless we're like getting into something that's kind of loosely based off of the stuff that's going on in the world. But, um, yeah, it's, it's scary times we're living in. And as we head towards the winter, I'm sure they're going to make it a lot worse and they're going to push this narrative and, and check out, there's, uh, the doc that I sent you. Um, it's called 2030 Unmasked. Everybody check that shit out. Find it on Rumble. Check it out. It is very precedent that people see this because it explains almost everything that is happening right now. It's crazy. But so like back on the John Holmes thing. Yeah, yeah. he basically uh, got to a point where uh, when he joined the Wonderland gang, that yeah. was after his career had gone downhill. And he started and they, using uh, drugs and abusing drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had a joke because he would uh, he would frequently leave the set and go to the bathroom yes. and just start freebasing in the bathroom. And they said, if you want to get him to the set, you need to leave a trail of coke, basically crack. <laughs> they call it freebase in most of the articles because yeah. crack hadn't been invented yet, but mm-hmm. it already was. So he was smoking trail crack of, rather than just snorting. I thought he was snorting. Well, he was, no, he was smoking cocaine because eventually, <laughs> once you reach a certain point in a cocaine addiction, yeah. snorting ain't going to do shit anymore. You're going to smoke it because the high is going to be far more intense. That's why people smoke crack. Mm. That and it's cheaper. Have you tried crack but, before? Don't uh, mean to no. out you on the podcast. <laughs> I've tried green crack. What the fuck it's is a, it's oh, a heavy, the, the weed? It's a yeah. sativa strain. It's a super heavy sativa yeah. strain. Coke is bad, man. I, I was into yeah. it for a long time and in uh, well, a couple of years, and it's not good. It, it, the, it's, uh, it's okay at first, and then it gets progressively worse. The Richard Pryor bit. Sure, I tried Coke once a whole bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was nothing at all half-hearted about um, Ron um, Lennius. Ronnie Lee Launus. 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 Yeah, about Ronnie Launus criminal enterprises. Though Ron was the Wonderland's king, 
He was cold as ice. He had made a nickname for himself during the Vietnam War when he was uh, dishonorably discharged from the army for smuggling drugs back into the U.S. in in, in, in bodies of dead U.S. fucking servicemen. He smuggled drugs from Vietnam back in the United States using fucking dead body bags. And that's, with that's the bodies in it. It's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. I wonder what were the drugs it's were like ingenuitive. in Vietnam. Well, they said, okay, so drugs themselves have gotten consistently weaker throughout the years. 100%. Or uh, stronger when it comes to fentanyl. Pot. Pot's the only drug that's gotten stronger. Fentanyl's yeah. a different drug altogether. It's yeah. not like, yeah, like heroin's true. gotten weaker. Acid is far weaker. Like yeah. just hearing tales of old, you know, acid heads that used to tell me things like, Dude, we used to be able to split a hit back in the day and fucking be tripping all day. Yeah. It's like, okay, you got to eat two or three to actually, like, experience that now. Uh, but weed has gotten exponentially stronger. But, mm-hmm. I mean... Speaking of co- weed, I'm going to hit some. <laughs> I have um, super, super sour diesel. Nice, nice. I got Buddha Bliss, straight sativa in the cake pen. I think this is a hybrid, but I asked for a sativa. So sativa heavy hybrid. That's what yeah. uh, this is. Tastes fucking delicious. Cake flavored cake. Yes, this tastes delicious. I want to get a little stoned Same. on this one. Um, yeah, that's fucking. <coughs> it's weird to think about that shit because I guess you're you're probably right, right? Because that's why they keep going. That's why they end up leading down to like drugs like fentanyl that almost killed me. So yeah, that's why new drugs keep appearing is because the old ones just get weaker and weaker. We should uh, because. People realize yeah. you can make far more money cutting drugs down than you could. It's true, fucking. You know, uh, adding. It, shit no, to them. no, it's true. We, we, when uh, for all the people out there, if you do any hard drugs, you're not getting anything legitimately close to what it actually is. They're cutting it with fucking um, baby laxatives and mm-hmm. fucking floor cleaner and, and everything else. Did you ever try uh, weird? Because just we're talking about drugs. Did you ever try that? Um, considering your sexuality, I guess. Did you ever try that? Um, Shoe polish shit. Um, what would they call it? Um, poppers is what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, poppers, yeah. Okay, so, no. You never I, tried it? I tried it a bunch of times. Here's, here's the thing. Well, I mean, I guess when I was a teenager, yeah, yeah. but never for that that reason. I I can't stand the smell of this stuff. Honestly, oh, I've, I've been with guys that me, have brought it out, yeah. and it immediately, it's a boner killer. It used to give like, me fucking headaches. It is, for That's all the people that don't know, it's a drug in a more or less, um, I would think, like the LGBTQ community, because i got to say that, I guess. Um, but it's a drug you sniff, and it, it, it makes you horny for a bit. Okay, it doesn't... It, it doesn't make you horny. I mean, it makes some people horny, but that's neither here nor there. What it, 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 what it used solid. to be. I don't know why I'm talking. Did about it really? This. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it used to be amyl nitrate. So basically the same shit that was yeah. in smelling salts. So if you remember in fear and loathing yeah. in Las Vegas, where he's like cracking. Yeah. That's what it was. Amyl salt. I, I always that's was what it used like to be. Polish. Now it's some, it's, it's something else yeah. entirely. See, okay. So I've worked in quite a few adult video stores through my life. Sex shops, yeah. Um, some of them in Denver, uh, you know, that were uh, very LGBT-oriented and yeah. very leather-friendly. Um, okay. And we used to sell those all the time. Mm. They're, so there's several different kinds of those, but mm. the whole purpose of it is to, if taking something slightly larger than you're used to, it relaxes you and it oh, yeah. dilates you, shall we say, and allows for 
that moment, that quick moment of ah before the pleasure uh, to go that makes smoothly. Because I only used it like I used it a couple times to jerk off. I used it when I had sex with Chelsea when we were like teenagers, though, um, because I had some crazy friends and uh, just weird. It I just weird. I, the sex for sure. Yeah, I just uh, but then uh, I, I if you do it too much, you get a fucking raging headache because it's not good Dude. for you. You're so, doing an inhalant. You're yeah. just straight up killing frontal lobe yeah, brain cells. So no, thank you, man. Stay away from shit like that, people. Try everything once, and if it doesn't kill you, don't do it again. <laughs> Braun had already spent time in jail for like smuggling and only narrowly escaping like life in prison for a murder when uh, prosecutor star witness was killed in an accident. What a weird coincidence. And I don't believe in coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. So it's like these things were set up in place for this guy to do this, um, to set up this Wonderland drug house. Because certain things, it's got, it's almost like a, a weird yin and yang balance in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, police didn't think they'd miss, they'd miss their chance, uh, though. But the summer of 1981, Ron was a person of interest and as many had, has two dozen homicides. So that's 24 murders that he was at least kind of linked to. (laughs) I mean, keep in mind, this is 71. This is when departments couldn't catch fucking serial killers either because none of them shared information. So it it very well could have been, he's a person of interest, which just means he's one of the usual suspects. And I'm sure having that heavy of ties to the drug community, if a bunch of drug crimes like that come up and kind of fit the bill, they're going to try and stick it on that person if they have no one else to blame just mm-hmm. to make themselves look better. 100%. 100%. So Ron's wife, Suzanne, also lived in the Wonderland house. A drug user like her husband, she largely wasn't involved in the gang activities, though. Cocaine wasn't the Wonderland's crew's only source of revenue. Heron, heroin was their private passion, and armed robbery was their side gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stealing from their rivals was both a source of income and an effective way to keep their competitors out of the game until it backfired one bloody, terrible night. At the time, this was a well-known drug house in the area. And on July 1st, 1991, around 3 a.m., the occupants would come under attack. Yeah. It goes to show you back in the day how you could get away with, you know, a damn lot. near anything yes. unless you slipped up real bad. Things because have this changed is a known a lot. spot. Yeah, and everyone like knew nowadays, nowadays, front door is kicked in almost immediately for spots like that. Although Especially it was in black. a slightly more affluent, yeah, of course. It was in a slightly more affluent, you know, Caucasian neighborhood. So. Yes, that's probably why. Because even if, you know, and this did happen, but even if you've seen, have you seen Straight Outta Compton? When yeah, the beginning fucking, scene yeah, where they, they, they knock, drive the battering yeah, ram into the crack house. used to do that shit in the 90s and, a lot in mm-hmm. Compton and other fucking, especially in L.A. and places like that, which I've never been to L.A., but it just sounds like a very seedy place. You have Hollywood in your backyard with those glamorous stars that fuck children. And then, then you have um, a very large, poor community on Skid Row. Uh, with drug users and thousands of homeless people. And then you got mm-hmm. Beverly Hills. It's such a, an amalgamation of people and weird things happening all at once in all these different locations. Yeah. You ever been to LA? No, I've been to San Diego and that's it, to San as far Francisco? as California. I have not been to San Francisco. <laughs> no, 
slightly too pretentious for me. Also, yeah, uh, from agree. my understanding, Chicago is the place to go for the gay city. Like really? that's Chicago's gay huh. scene is supposed to be fantastic. I've only been through Chicago briefly, but hope to you know someday go back there. I'd probably go to a bar. Just like they're, hey, they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you? A lot of fun people. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know. <laughs> So uh, at the time, obviously, this was a well-known area, and they would come under under attack. Inside was Ronald, considered the leader of the group, his wife, Suzanne, William Raymond, Billy Deverell, his girlfriend, Joy Miller, and Barbara Richardson. Our men broke in and systematically started beating the sleeping occupants. I guess systematically, so they're doing it in a... A perfect. <laughs> I don't know about perfect, but definitely <laughs> yeah. a planned and calculated yeah. way where they're like, all right, we're going from this one. This one's dead. Let's go yeah. to this one. This one's dead. Let's go to this Fucking one. Fucking crazy. Barbara had been sleeping on the couch in the living room. Her body would be found on the floor next to the sofa. Billy and his girlfriend were found in one of the bedrooms, both beaten to death. Billy body looked to have been propped up against the TV after being beaten. So they set it up like there's some serial killers to maybe prove yeah, a point. Make it horrific. Well, they wanted to, it was, you know, it was sending a message to all the other gangs too, which is don't fucking rip off Eddie Nash, you know? Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Um, Ron and his wife, Susan were staying in the bedroom. Ronald, like the other occupants was found dead by the medics, but Suzanne was still hanging on to life. Even though it was clear she had been left for dead, she suffered intense brain damage and lost a part of her skull, but she did eventually survive. The only one to survive. Yeah. With severe brain trauma, like she survived, but at what cost? Yep. The police found uh, the house ransacked, Blood trampled through every room. After the autopsies, it was determined that the killers used hammers and metal pipes to beat the victims. Of course there's going to be blood leading to every (laughs) single room if you're beating someone to death with blunt objects. It's not exactly like you're, you know, killing someone with surgical precision. You're just cavemanning it. Yeah, Captain Caveman. Beat, beat, fucking bludgeon. (laughs) Smack him. Smack him with a hammer. The, new, the neighbors heard screams and someone begging not to be killed. Oh, God, don't kill me. <coughs> well, that was that was a big thing. That was retaliation from when they robbed Eddie Nash, because he uh, mm-hmm. the big thing with him is that he suffered humiliation at them. Yes. As when they robbed him, he asked permission to say his prayers. Mm-hmm. And that really fucking pissed him off yeah. to the point where he wanted extreme violent retribution. Yes. Uh, also, one of the people that was allegedly involved in the murders uh, had been one of the people present at the robbery and had been shot and had a gunshot wound that was still fresh and was mm. not thrilled about it. So they had an axe to grind on their own as well. Interesting. Yeah, so then um, the neighbors did hear the screams of someone begging, like, oh, God, please don't kill me. Uh, but they just fell back asleep. They're like, oh, they're just having some rough sex. This is Laurel Canyon. Fucking people get killed every day. I mean, I doubt that they did, but. Yep. Another neighbor told the police, um, uh, how can you tell if someone is nearly is really shouting or are just being silly? Again, <laughs> yeah. that being a known drug house, though, 
I mean, <coughs> yep. what's to stop them from just thinking, oh, well, I'm sure there were some raucous parties that were going on yep. where people are screaming and carry on. Anyone, any of our listeners or viewers that have ever experienced uh, hard drug houses or tweaker pads, as they're known out west, yeah. should know that sometimes shit gets fucking wild. I couldn't imagine. I've never, I've, I've been of the ones to buy shit, but I've never, never stayed. <laughs> No, who the hell would want to stay in love? Jesus, fuck. No, thank you. And then it's just like, just a spot where you can just do drugs at and then fall asleep and get up and buy more and then or you're in debt and fucking crazy. Vicious cycle. Addiction is no joke, kids. Nope. So around 4 p.m. the next day, a mover by the townhouse heard Suzanne moaning and called the police. So this is when we're going to get into John Holmes. Um... You know, John Holmes and his, his, his many, his many names. Um, I was going to look that Sultan up. Sultan of Spunk. <laughs> Wadzilla. Uh, so John Holmes was a pretty famous porn star in the 70s, having starred in over 500 films. Boom. He has an insane number of credits. Uh, also, you know, a 13-inch dick doesn't fucking hurt. No. Until you start doing too much coke and it's constantly soft in the scenes. I mean, I'm not saying a 13-inch dick doesn't hurt. I'm sure it hurts a lot if you're taking it, but... Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah, no, obviously, we, we understand that. But it, it, even his career, as I read into how, like, when he started doing too many drugs, if you mm-hmm. notice in some of the pornos and the later ones that he's, like, only half hard because mm-hmm. he's, like, so fucked up. Um, by the time it was 1981 rolled around, his drug habit have left him in severe debt with the Wonderland gang. So let's hear a clip of him talking. This is John Holmes. Do you yeah. like women? Frequently. Do you? Then we get to the meat of the now, matter. I'd like to know, um, what do you call yourself? A whore, a hooker, or a gigolo? Or something along that line? What do I call myself? I mean, whore, hooker, or gigolo? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Besides Just the fact slap that you're my a porno star, huh? you also, on the side at home and stuff. On the back, on tricks. front, side, yeah, all different positions. You also pull tricks. Tricks mm-hmm. are for kids. Do you pull tricks on the side? <coughs> yes, I do. Do you get paid a lot of money to do this? Yes, I do. Don't you think that's amazing? No, I think it's... Uh, I mean, you're pretty shitty in bed from what I've observed. <laughs> Is this going to be on? Are you, is this going to be edited out or what? Yeah, we're going to edit it. Right, don't worry. Yeah, sure, right. See that on film. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is completely I'm spontaneous. You, this is because I don't. I never did this, and I already told you that. Okay. I'm asking questions about when you're a whore or a hooker, whatever you call that. Jigolo, mm-hmm. slut. What? He's an interesting character. Like he's very sarcastic in the way he talks. He's very careless. He's extremely charismatic. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm going to read some of, uh, of what they talked about um, in the book that Jennifer, one of his wives, um, I think it was one of his wives, wrote. So for the record, uh, just what were John Holmes' uh, measurements? Jennifer. As the title implies, there was more to John that could be measured in inches. His penis may have been what initially made him a star, but John's abilities as an actor really improved with experience, and his life was very complex. That being said, there is an official, there is an official measurement. John's length varied with his level of excitement, but he always was remembered as being one of the biggest stars. 
John knew how to expertly prepare his partners for his unique size and deep penetration. He engaged in foreplay with his leading ladies as much as they would allow, or it would allow, um, but he would give them massages before the scenes or ensuring them throughout a specific shoot. His partners greatly appreciated his gentle techniques. John considered himself to be a sexual passionate and pa- uh, sexual professional, and he was in every sense of the word. For those who never saw any of his films, which were his best films and why? Jennifer, I think it is essential for people to see the nine-part Johnny Wad series directed by Bob Chin because it is what made John a household name during the 1970s. Like It's very different than what we see today because making pornographic films was illegal. Illegal at this time. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. But at the same time, they were also being shown and enjoyed at adult theaters around the country. To add to that, I'd like to mention that the original film, Johnny Wad, was released on DVD in September. She makes a fucking plug <laughs> after he's I'm dead. I'm sure she has stock in that video. Yep. And this 1970 film was previously unavailable as the first time in uh, first in first of a uh, series is quite significant and it'll be fun for viewers to see the progression of the series as John becomes a better actor and the films were allowed a bigger budget corresponding to the immense growth in his popularity. I'm also, I'm also a big fan of Holmes works in sex comedies such as hot and saucy pizza girls, the spirit of the 76 and hot nurses. These can't be films illustrate his carefree nature of making adult films during the golden era, which is kind of, which is crazy because, um, you know, it's just it's just interesting his career and to just at the beginning of what porno has become a mm-hmm. million fucking multi million dollar businesses like Pornhub and all this shit and that people consume it. There's some people that consume it almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and he was at the forefront of this shit. You know? Yeah, porn is definitely a commodity at this point. Most people don't get it the way that other people used to get it, which was going to theaters, going to stag parties and what have you. Um, yeah, and I, but yeah, and I, most people consume porn in a two and a half minute yes, it's you true. Know, time frame at this point. Yeah, that that uh, um, that uh, um, Pornhub meme where it's like, this is how specific I am, and they're on like the fucking five hundred and fifty second page, yeah. looking for porn still. <laughs> um, but it shows that he actually like got better at acting. And how you? What movie did you say you you watched? Dracula sucks, right? Dracula sucks. So I bought it at it uh, Black Dots. <laughs> it. No, that's, that's the I thing watch is it, it, it had some a- people that have some seriously decent acting chops. Yeah. The guy that played Renfield was on par with, uh, the guy that played Renfield in the Bella Lugosi Dracula. Like he was Weasley. Yeah. He was unsettling. A lot of the actual acting was fantastic. And the copy that I have has 92% of the hardcore sex cut out of it for some mm-hmm. reason. It's it, but, Yeah. So you think there's it's, more? There is more. I did. I, I looked it up. I had to find out really? which copy that I had. Yep. Huh. So they cut it down so it wasn't so bad. No, that's the thing is there's several versions and the one that's actually the hardcore version. And I use the word hardcore loosely yeah. as this was a much more subdued hmm. hard, hardcore porn type situation is the one that's bar. 77 minutes long. I bought it at an actual record slash DVD store. I thought you said it was like a bar thing. 
There's a bar in the in the store as oh, well. Yes, fu- that sounds like a fun shop, man. It's amazing. I love it. It's right down the street from me. I ride my bike there all the time. It's uh, one of the few places left that you can go and get specialty niche DVDs. Their That's genre awesome. collection is fantastic. I find brand new horror films there all the time, and they still have VHS too. So, yeah. So, uh, so like obviously, you know, he's an interesting character, but he was also like, he, if you can tell by that clip, do you ever watch the interview with him? The one that's on YouTube. I watched a couple. Yeah, he's an interesting dude in the way he speaks, and you can definitely tell he's an asshole. I understand you're difficult to work with. That you throw temper tantrums and that you're an asshole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, that's true. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. I'm not temperamentalist. I'm t- uh, um, I can't paint, and I can't uh, draw, and I can't sculpt. So I have to have some outlet for my fake artistic qualities. No, I saw a painting that you did this afternoon. It was very good. You were only five years old. Thank you. Of course, that was the site of a house. It's burned down now. <laughs> What about your bathroom fetish? What about it? Yeah. Um, Why do you stay in the bathroom for five hours at a time? Cocaine. I, I don't know. It's a shitty habit. I've got. <laughs> I don't have a habit of doing that. Sometimes I hide in other places. So <laughs> take. He's a he's an interesting character, and he was it was definitely because he was doing coke, like constantly. At least he's self-aware about it. I know. He's he a guy I'm an asshole. doesn't make any bones about it. Yeah. No, he, he was probably, he probably, near the end of his life, he was probably like, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. He never probably thought he'd be even famous. Is He probably, he, he seemed like pretty carefree of like, it is what it is. Like, I'm just here yeah. for a fun time, not a long time. And he was not here for yeah, a long time. No, no. John had been dealing drugs for the gang. Well, he was a famous porn star, but using some of the money to purchase drugs for himself. When the gang like found most out, addicts yes, do. when the gang found out, yeah, don't get high on your own supply, Biggie Smalls. Uh, when the gang found out that they cut him off to access to the house on Wonderland and threatened his life if he didn't pay the money back. And it's just crazy because people like um, the fuckhead that uh, was at the beginning of this episode on the clip. Um, the, you know, Ron Jeremy, the piece of shit that he is, he saved his money up though. And if John Holmes would have done it and maybe not get AIDS, he would be around right now, probably directing or doing some weird shit like that. And, but he, uh, he didn't save any of it. He literally just splurged on drugs, which is so stupid. He would have been rich and been able to probably stop making porno and just do whatever he wanted. Probably, and the thing with Holmes is that he actually had acting ability, which is, you know, it, so it's so, something been, to say about it, because he really spotting. wanted to be an actor. Yeah, he could just guest spot in, in shirt and shit, or pop into movies, like how Ron Jeremy has done over the years, and time was not nice to Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy was never an attractive man. He was known as the hedgehog for a fucking reason. Yeah, but he had he, a giant dick yeah. and he could suck his own cock. That's why he was in porn. In the back of the day, if you look at pictures, he didn't look as bad. Now, now he looks like a crazy looking troll fucking pedophile pirate or something. But he, like. <laughs> he looks like back in the day, he looks like if Mario and Burt Reynolds yes. had a kid. Yeah. And then you put it on Robin Williams' body and smashed it in the face with a shovel. That's yeah. Ron Jeremy. Well, it's just crazy how he was more like built and skinny, like hairy chest dude. And then he just beca- like once money got to him and he really st- and he was still was doing porn. He's just this fat 
disgusting looking fucking taller dandy veto creature. Well, when you switch cocaine for, you know, a pasta habit, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Didn't, didn't he spend a ridiculous amount of money on pasta? Or is that the same? I think it was him. I don't know. I'm, I just, he just looks like a fat Italian. <laughs> so I, I'm always like, that eh, fat fuck ate himself to death <laughs> on pasta funny. and red wine, even though he's not dead. So instead well, of coming Jeremy, up with the, yeah, he is. Instead of coming up with the money, he came up with a plan. John told the gang that he had a wealthy friend who always had a ton of drugs cash and valuables lying around his home. He's like, he just leaves his shit out everywhere. It's hilarious, man. We got to go rob this guy. <laughs> they touch on that in Boogie Nights in the, uh, the fictional setup. I mean, that's vastly different from the events of what actually happened. The only similarities are there was a man who would constantly be in a speedo with glistening sweat on him like <laughs> Alfred Molina was and yeah. kept a bunch of cocaine in the house. But they said that the rumor of Eddie Nash was he had kept a, about a million dollars worth of cocaine on the premises at any given point yeah. in time. Yeah, so no, for a low t- low level, you know, gang that has chops and has them has the ability to move product. Of course, they're yes. going to look at that like that's an easy score. Let's go fucking handle it. But they broke rule number one. If you're going to go. No half measures. They should have killed him. But no, 100%. they only wanted the drugs. Stupid. The first home invasion. Um, oh, yeah. So like John said, he could get the gang inside. John drew a map of the layout of his friend Eddie Nash's house, including where all his valuables were located. And he was kind of a hang around, too, because people knew him. They're like, well, show me your cock, man. Let's see your penis. Well, speaking of, that just shows, you know, the level of disconnection Holmes had from the entire situation Mm -hmm. because any sane, rational person would have sat there and thought I'm the only connecting link. I'm going to be the first person that the police come and ask. I'm going to be the first person that the gang comes after for retaliation, but he wasn't thinking about that. He was thinking I'm broke and I need drugs. hundred percent fucking crazy. So the first home invasion on the night of June 29th, 18, 1981, the gang fronted John 400 bucks to buy drugs from Eddie Nash. While there, John unlocked the back door so the gang could get in later without making any noise. The gang included Billy, Ronald, and two others. Carried guns uh, and flashed a fake police badges as they stormed the house. Smart guys. Uh, one of the gang members shot a bodyguard of Nash's while he was trying to handcuff him. After this, they headed to the master bedroom and forced Nash to give him the combination to the safe. The gang made off with $100,000 in cash, heroin, eight pounds of cocaine. That is a lot of coke. Holy shit. And 5,000 quaaludes. I really want to try quaaludes, not going to lie. They don't exist anymore. I know, which is sad. I really, I, I don't know. Why doesn't somebody make them? <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe the, the ingredients are just unfeasible. I, watching watching um, Wolf of Wall Street made me want to try Quaaludes. Everything is going fine, but everything was not fine. <laughs> it also got off with guns and, of course, jewelry. Because what man doesn't like to wear jewelry? Yeah, it was the 70s. I know. So within 48 hours of the robbery, Nash was pretty sure who was behind the heist. He had his bodyguard who had been shot and injured that night bring John Holmes over to the house to talk. So they definitely... Shut up! They, they obviously picked him up. <laughs> oh, this fucking cat, man. They obviously picked him up and like the bodyguard probably more or less forced him. 
You know what I mean? To they, it was said that they threatened him at gunpoint to actually yes, get him to show so. them. So he didn't want to betray. I, I don't want to say his friends because I don't think that was a factor. He didn't want to betray his source of drugs. Mm-hmm. No one else would sell him drugs at the time, which is why yeah. he got in with the Wonderland gang. So by fucking that up, I'm sure he was also terrified they were going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, if, if he didn't give them up their money. And it's just crazy how he, he was making good money at one point. And he just, like, blew it all. He fucked fu- up. Yeah. He had a raging addiction. Yeah, raging addiction. John was held at gunpoint while Nash went through an address book John had on him. It's just, like, half of it is just chicks from the pornos he's fucking. <laughs> Uh, Nash said he would hunt down and kill every one of John's friends and family if he didn't tell him who robbed his house. I guess back in the day, it is interesting and, and for kids out there that you're young. You had to have, I found one of my old rhyme books and I was like 15 or something like that. And it had all my friends' numbers in the front of it. And it's funny how you had, to, you had to write down your buddy's numbers or your oh, yeah. family's every- numbers. Everybody had an address book, and in the case of illicit affairs, people generally had what was referred to as a little black book. Yes, and that would be your um, lovers and um, partners. Your lovers, your uh, drug dealers, yes. all that shit. Yeah. All of the stuff you didn't want anyone else to see, and you carried your it's, little it's black book It's weird to think, um, just because, you know, for a long time I grew up in the age where marijuana was illegal. And it's weird yep. to think about the people that I'd call on a fucking home phone and be like, yo, you got like a half quarter, man? You know what I mean? so, a half quarter. Is, I'll never get over that. That Canadians talk like that. Yeah, it's an eighth. No, it's a fucking half quarter. There's a half an quarter, eighth. then there's a quarter, then there's a half ounce, then there's an ounce. That's how you. Bro, a half quarter is an eighth. It's it's called a half quarter. <laughs> it's an eighth it's of an ounce of weed. Half quarter. We're Canadian. <laughs> it's a fucking eh? slice or a Henry. Damn it. <laughs> Henry. Um, so, slice because pizza cut into eight oh, slices. Yeah, yeah. Henry King Henry the Eighth. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's, I like that, actually. That's funny. I got that from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I, oh wow. I don't the know. The Henry. How, how I didn't pick that up. I've only got Henry myself. And then uh, <laughs> oh. if you watch it with the, the Zombo meter on it, it says Henry slang for marijuana. I was like, Henry, Henry, Henry the Eighth. Oh, okay. I got it. That's funny. So, obviously, um, Nash was a well-off guy. So, the theft wasn't going to break him. It would more. It, it was more of a matter of principle Besides being a drug kingpin who had political and police connections, because you'd be surprised how many people do. Nash also owned some of the most famous clubs in Hollywood at the time. That's where you get your business from. You invest. He started with a hot dog stand. What? Really? Actually? He started with a hot dog stand, yeah, and worked his way up, ended up buying up properties, getting into the drug While trade. selling drugs, though. No, I think the hot dog stand was a legitimate business. And then shortly after that, once he got into the nightclub scene, that's when he got into the drug scene because those two go hand in hand. If you're running a club in the 70s and you don't have Coke, who the fuck cares? I thought a hot dog stand would be a good idea how you could sell drugs. Like, do you want a oh, hot yeah. dog and you just slip the cocaine inside the hot dog bun? It's like Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams where they had the ice cream truck. Yeah, it's just like, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to do that, man. We're going to do that. It's going to be Strange Brews hot dogs stand. You know what's fucked up is you could probably make just as much money selling hot dogs at this point. Go hang out in front of a stadium with games or anywhere that there are drunk people. Get a vendor's license and start one downtown near a bar. I promise you, yeah. you're going to make fucking hand over fist money. And if you if you could somehow get away with selling the drugs, you could make a lot of money. Because it's, oh, so, it's, it's like you're just right there. Like People are like, hey, and you could just slide it in. It's so easy to hide. 
So the other thing with Nash is that he uh, and Holmes and a couple of Holmes's girlfriends talked about that Nash had a serious reputation for making people disappear. Like you, he yeah, was not the kind of man you wanted to cross. Scary. He was a high, not a yeah. high society, but a high society person. Like he mm. was definitely a person of influence. I yeah yeah I could yeah you could see that for sure. He had all these connections, you know what I mean. He was part of the Hollywood scene. Nash would later only admit to sending guys over the Wonderland uh, townhouse to retrieve the items they have stolen from him. But we already know what happened that night. In March 1982, police made an arrest. John Holmes. They charged him with four counts of murder. There's, he fled to Florida, I think. Yeah. Their sole evidence was a palm print on the headboard of Ronald's bed. So was he not f- a bloody handprint, though? And that was the thing that eventually exonerated him in court. Yeah. Um, he only ended up doing like 111 days because of contempt of court. Why, why, why was it on his headboard? Was he fucking somebody on the bed or like John, maybe fucking <laughs> Ron? That, that's a, probably a solid guess. Yeah, it probably was there from when he was fucking somebody on the bed and it just happened to be there. I don't know if uh, there's a way for them to tell if it was at the time of the crime no. or maybe he was throwing up. Or oh, no, just like I think looking was, the other way. I think it was bad. And he had a big penis. He's probably everyone that like, he's like, I'll give you, I'll give you, um, I'll give you another little gram if you fuck this girl and I watch. Yeah. And then he goes and snorts the entire gram in one shot. Yeah. From his penis. Like or it, smokes like it. He's fucking, um, <laughs> what's that? What's that? Um, God, that sesame care. Snuffleupagus. Oh my god! <laughs> like he snuffled. Oh, you again. never, you never mentioned earlier what Holmes's measurements were. Was it in the book? No, well, they didn't say. They don't know his exact measurements, but um, they say from um, t- like twelve to thirteen inches is what they think. One of the shops I work, actually several of the shops that I worked at. Uh, one of the biggest sex toy companies back in the day was Doc Johnson, and they had a John Holmes replica. Yeah, dildo, so I have sold right? John Holmes' dick to several people, and they're very small, wasted, tiny people. Really? That that's been my experience working in yeah working in the porn shop industry is that the tiniest people buy the biggest fucking dildos. Actually. Hey, Ch- Chelsea's doing Hey, Chelsea, An- Anton worked at um, uh, sex sh- shops, a couple of them. He said, it's always the tiniest people buying the biggest dildos. <laughs> She's like, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, John uh, refused to cooperate um, with the investigation and spent four months in jail before he was eventually acquitted of all charges. He didn't want to get fucking murdered because I think if he went along with it and he just was allowed to go free, he would have been found dead in a couple of days. Well, he actually, the reason he served time was for contempt of court because the grand jury was asking him questions about the murders and, and he who just, yeah, he, didn't want and to he wouldn't rat out Eddie Nash. He mm-hmm. only waited until Eddie Nash got picked up on a different charge and was behind bars. And then he started talking. Yeah. yeah but did. Eddie Nash only did a year and it was for racketeering. Hmm. Bribe, no, like no one was yeah. ever convicted on these. Bribed with drugs by the Wonderland gang to unlatch the Nash's uh, hideout door, a mission that took several trips Holmes made himself a target for Nash, who believed he was a Wonderland accomplice. Nash's men beat Holmes until he agreed to let Nash's men in the Wonderland house. Holmes was acquitted, though, since he refused to give any evidence during that trial. He ended up uh, serving 
110 days in jail for contempt of court, as you said. By 1988, the police were no closer to solving the case, but they heard John was on his deathbed and he had been diagnosed with AIDS and was in a hospital. Police tried to get uh, his one last confession, but John still refused to name names. John Holmes died on March 13th, 1988, man. So young. It is crazy. It is crazy to me, just his career, his life. It's it's very up and down and very sad near the end. And the fact that you're dying, bro, why would you, why wouldn't you say shit? Why wouldn't you say something? You know? It just wasn't his style. He didn't want to yeah, say anything. No rats, I guess. But either that or maybe, yeah. well, no, he, that's the thing is that Holmes was kind of a prolific rat. He was known for it, which is weird because it's it's kind of anti-characteristic of him. Back in the early days of porn, yeah. he used to rat on producers he hated all the time because they would either not give him work or they'd rip him off for money or what have you. And porn being illegal, the vice squads would come around and be like, hey, what do you know about blah, blah, blah? He'd be like, oh, yeah. this asshole over here has got a whole warehouse. True that. Go bust him. True that. It's just funny. What, what a time. And now it's just like it's a freedom. Um, when they When they liberated Libya, I think it was, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they broadcasted porn. Uh, across everyone's television to tell them that they are free. I'm pretty sure I've read that um, and that happened. I have heard it. Nothing says free like, you know, gaping assholes and scissoring lesbians. Yeah, and the fact that, like, in the early 2000s, they held um, um, a court bullshit thing that they could take down all the porn on the internet, and they said, no, it's a a right and freedom. Yep. So It's under free speech. Now, if that shit would have happened today, that would have been pulled down immediately. Yeah, I know. But they can't, Everyone's you know, they can, happy. they can find all these criminals, but they can't find these pedos that f- fucking weird FBI. <laughs> so, yeah. And in the craziest thing about John Holmes, it just shows how much of an asshole he really was. When he had AIDS, he was still filming. He went over to Italy and shot two films. And uh, he, as far as they know, which is weird, as weird as it is, he didn't give anybody AIDS. Um, his viral, no, his, if, if it was back then, there was no way they could have tested it and his viral load would have been low enough to not transmit it. Is that what happens? I don't know much about AIDS. It's, it's, it's My weird. uncle's been diagnosed um, he has HIV and he just take, I think pills or whatever for it. And, um, cause he's, he's older and he grew up in the eighties, uh, gay scene and mm-hmm. or a, the AIDS pandemic. And yep. I love him as a person. He smokes weed, he's chill, but he is completely brainwashed about the stuff going on right now. Completely. He's the one that's pretty much segregating me from my family and stuff too. Which is it's very hard to be a member of, of that community and have ideas that are kind of different mm-hmm. from what the official narrative is and and voice those opinions because people just it's very clicky but that's that's how it always well, is. Well, I know it, and it's that's always been Raz, very my buddy that's been on the podcast. You probably you, yeah like if you remember um mm-hmm. back in the day in some of the episodes like uh the the sacrifice to the gods episode he was on and uh, the exorcism episode and um Raz is pretty spiritual and all that stuff and he said you know he's like say we we need to get more of the LGBTQ plus square triangle group on on board with the protest shit because a lot of them are just following the narrative and it's it's quite clear to see that's happening to my uncle and he lives in Toronto which they're being constantly brainwashed over the propaganda but yeah everyone watch that fucking rumble rumble um and uh look up um 2030 yeah 2030 was the end timeline 2030 unmasked 
is what everyone should be checking out. But it's just crazy that John Holmes spread AIDS to other, or at least no, knowingly just did it and didn't give well, he a lied fuck. about it. Yeah, he said he had colon cancer. Yeah, he was well aware yes, that yeah. he was infected and still went on. And it's miraculous that he didn't infect any of his co-stars. So true. And that's that's a terrible thing to do. You don't. You, no. It's one thing if you go into a theater or you yeah. go into a place and you have anonymous sex and you do it, you know, raw, you know, the risks that you're taking. No yeah. one here. It's not like when the AIDS epidemic first started and nobody knew what the fuck Created it was. It was the gay cancer on our, our own government for everyone out there. <sighs> guess who, uh, guess who was involved with HIV and the research done and the creation most likely of AIDS. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci is heavily criticized for his handling of the AIDS epidemic. It's something that was buried and swept under the rug during this yeah. because he has good PR people that are just like, no, 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 get that out of here, get that out of here. I believe but, that AIDS was, uh, I always remember the line by Ill Bill, um, 1975, they created AIDS inside a laboratory. I think it was before then. I think it was in the 1950s that they engineered AIDS and they were fucking around with shit and they wanted to develop a very deadly virus that would kill off um, the blacks and the gays and the Mexicans. I believe that conspiracy theory, and we'll eventually talk about it. What do you think? You don't think so? Uh, I don't know. That's the thing, is that I, I I don't know. There are a million and a half rumors that circulate about AIDS. It looks... I think it for is. For all accounts, that it was, it was a genetically altered yes. virus of some sort, but whether that's through an act of natural evolution that it became something else entirely... But I, what I do know is that during the 80s and the 90s, it was all millions of people died yeah. because it was I'm so gonna, horribly yeah. mishandled. And that's yeah. one of the biggest tragedies of the AIDS, the AIDS epidemic is that a ton of innocent people died, yes, too. And 100%. people, when they first had it and it was brand new, they were also know, treated yeah. like lepers because nobody knew anything. It's like, oh, don't use that water fountain because that person that has AIDS has it and you're going to catch it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, they, and, and that's that's why it's interesting that my uh, my uncle does have this point of view considering like because I even saw a TikTok video about a gay guy saying like for all the, the people that are not on board or criticizing people for this, which my uncle was doing, saying he was disappointed in me and all this stuff, is that the, for, from being a, a gay person in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic, it, it's the same mentality of like, get away from me, you have AIDS. Like, you're, mm -hmm. gonna, uh, you're gay, you're going to fucking spread to me and the discrimination. It's just funny how he doesn't see it that way, though. Yeah. It's, it's well, here's the other thing, too, is that with... With, you know, the COVID thing in the gay community, a lot of issue was taken when Trump was president because the biggest issue here in the States is that when Obama took office, he federally and nationally recognized Pride Month. And for people who don't understand, Pride Month is originally designed to celebrate the Stonewall riots. And uh, we don't have time that's an episode in and of itself. Yeah. But go back and look those up. shaking your ass and being naked and everything. And my, It's become yeah. a decadent party, which is what we do in the West. Yeah. What my complaint is, is if we're going to over-sexualize pride, yes. you cannot market it as a family-friendly no. event. And that's, you've seen those pictures come out. My mom said that she's like, I'm all down for anyone celebrating the, their sexuality or who they are. But she's like, when it becomes this thing about sex, and like it's not about you know the love for uh, another human that's just the same sex it's about like i'm gonna wear no clothing and i'm gonna dance around and 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 there's children there that are trying to like be, be with their parents or their 
their gay parents or whatever they have and try to support this community. And it's just an over-sexualized parade. See, and I'm on board with it. It's uh, You want to over-sexualize it? By all means. I will go to those parties. It will be fucking sweet. But can we please do it in a place where there is a filter yeah. where, you know, people who are very impressionable and probably wouldn't understand and run the risk of whose parents aren't going to take the time to explain things to them, being like, there are different people. They like to do different things. But those yeah. parents even shouldn't have to explain, you know, why someone's only wearing a sock over their junk. Yes. And uh, that's did you, did you uh, listen to that Tom McDonald song, Brainwashed? I did not. Not yeah, yet. You got to check that shit out because one of the lines is like, we only give one day to our fallen soldiers that have died young. But if you're Caitlyn Jenner, you get a whole pride month. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner is <laughs> ostracized by the, by the LGBT community she right is, now. Anyways, that but story's crazy. I, here's, here's the thing with that. And I've, I've been arguing with people about that since I was a teenager, which it's, it's the same principle as why is there a Mother's Day? Why is there a Father's Day? And why is there no Kids Day? Why is there no Kids Day? Why because no fucking day? every day is goddamn Kids Day. Yeah, I guess it's every day. day. Yeah, is, I, my mom was always like, I was like, when can I have a day? And she's like, you don't fucking get one. <laughs> yeah, every day is your day. Like, yeah. that's the thing is that every day, is, at least for a very long Unless time, you're from was an alcoholic cis heteronorm yeah. day. Yeah. It was, it was, no one was ever criticized. You were never beaten or killed for being straight. That's the reason Pride Month exists. And it's infuriating to me when people are just like, you don't need a fucking whole month. It's like, uh, we don't need corporations we, pandering yes, to no, us, putting a no. rainbow flag on everything, trying to get our fucking money. Yes. But do we need a month where it just be like, okay, this is fine. It's like the eventual goal or of any sane minded LGBT person yeah. is to just get to a point where no one fucking cares anymore. No, that's all point. It doesn't have I, to be an aspect I, of your personality. I, I said this and my girlfriend is the same way that we're like, well, I, do, I don't care what you do. Just, just if it's if I think it's weird, whatever. It's my opinion. I'm not even talking about being gay or anything. Just like in general, what people do, like furries. I, I, the guy, guy used to sell me mushrooms. That was a furry. He's, he's kind of a weird kid, but do whatever you want. I don't care. You can, you can be tolerant of somebody else's life while still having your own opinions yeah. about it. And that's it's the thing like, that we've just gotten so far away from. And I think if anything, it hurts the cause more than it helps it. I agree. And I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate for this, but yeah. no, it's, it is what it is. And we're, we're, we're trying to just, you know, like if you enjoy this podcast, you might not, and you might not agree with me or Anton or Juan or even especially Billy, um, about his certain points of views and our certain <laughs> views, but, um, we're just questioning things. That's all it is. It's questioning. Questioning is always healthy. Like, yes. And fuck Tom, I mean, you and Juan and I disagree about a lot of yeah. shit. Yeah, too yeah. but you know we live by we live by the code of ELE everybody fucking love everybody yes, god exactly. damn it after he died though John's ex-wife told the Los Angeles Times that he had confessed to her and his part in the four murders um and that's probably why they got the information that they did that he got beaten and shit like that and because if you watch the movie is this called Wonderland gangs in Wonderland the- no, so the Val Kilmer film yeah, is Wonderland, that and that's the one that is more. Based it's still truth. historical fiction, but it's it's more based in truth. Yeah, Whereas Boogie Nights down. is a strictly fictionally a fictional account. Well, of they, yeah, events. they show him breaking down and you know, kind of mm-hmm. confessing and everything. So he said that he led three men inside the Wonderland townhouse and watched as they beat the five occupants. His wife asked him he didn't do or say anything, and John Holmes said they were dirty. A girlfriend of Holmes from 1981 verifies his ex-wife's story, saying John had told her the same thing, so he obviously confided in them. Is that the girlfriend who was 15 at the time and John Holmes was grooming? Yes, she has a book which about him. fucking she has horrible. a book about him. Yeah, yeah, he was, which is not good. Like, that, his, his whole character is, 
He's kind of a piece of shit person. He is a piece. There's, there's no way around it. He's absolutely a yeah. piece of shit. Just because he's an iconic person doesn't just make him any less of a piece penis of shit. Doesn't make him not a piece. Look of at shit. Crowley. Crowley's an iconic person, yeah. but he's a massive piece of shit. Yeah, Crowley is a piece of shit, but I still, I would still hang out with him and smoke some opium with him. I would love to smoke opium with Aleister Crowley. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That would be like check that right off the to do list. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the, like, maybe in the next life. Nice. All right. <laughs> nice. Put it away. Put your wand away, Crowley. <laughs> Suspecting Nash had murdered the gang for revenge, police questioned him and eventually arrested the rival drug dealer. Charged with planning the murders, Nash was saved by a hung jury, of course. Just one ha. juror one juror stood between Nash and a guilty verdict, which is fucking ridiculous. One guy was like, Yeah, I am getting paid by him, so I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> We don't, but that's, I mean, that's conjecture as it is too. For all we know, the guy could have been like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really like, and that's honestly like, if that's your conscience and you're in a jury and 11 other people are like, no, don't fucking vote with them. No. Yeah. Just because they're doing it. Don't, don't take her mentality. Uh, uh, like uh, juries don't always work as uh, Stephen Avery. Yeah. <laughs> In, in 1991, Eddie Nash was tried for the four murders on the Wonderland, or the, for the four Wonderland murders. But the trial ended up in a hung jury, like I fucking said. And it turns out that Nash, penis jokes, yeah, had been bribed. <laughs> uh, I fucking knew it. He bribed one of the jury members with fifty thousand dollars. I didn't know that when I, I forgot that I even had that in there. And uh, yeah, I fucking knew it, man. I knew trying it. trying to give the dude benefit of the doubt, and here I am yeah. looking like an asshole. One person. That's why I was like, it's sketchy if it's just one person. That's like kind of like, oh no. no. Then in two thousand, Nash was arrested by federal authorities for running a criminal enterprise, conspiring to commit the Wonderland murders and bribing the jury in the first trial. So they actually got him for this shit. They proved it. Just kind did he of, get convicted for it or did he just get arrested for it? By this time, Nash was 71 and he um, had emphysema and no tuberculosis. Shit. He had fucking TB? What year yeah, was it? 2000. No shit. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. things uh, drug out for 11 years before Nash finally agreed to plea, uh, plea bargain. He's like, I'm getting old anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> he, I mean, you got TB and emphysema. Yeah, you are going to die soon. Yep. He pled guilty to running a criminal enterprise, money laundering, and even jury tampering. But Nash refused to admit any involvement in the Wonderland killings. He claimed he only sent people to go there to retrieve the items, but nothing more. In the end... He spent one year in federal prison and it ordered to pay um, a $250,000 fine. In the L.A. County Jail, there was no specific wing for quote-unquote celebrities and high-profile subjects. Uh, the jail calls it the keepaways. <laughs> That's funny. Don't make yeah, sure like it Tommy doesn't Lee get went yeah. Yep. Everybody like that. Yeah, or Tommy Lee would be forced to fuck some guy. Bubba's telling him, like, you better go fuck that kid, man. I want to watch. I've been bored my for bitch, a long my time. My bitch wants to fuck you, Tommy Lee. He saw your porno on the outside, and he wants that big dick. Now go ho- give it to hold him. my pocket. <laughs> I feel like Tommy, yeah, Tommy Lee be one of those dudes that, uh, you know, just some dude walks up and he's like, you think you got a big dick? Look at this. Yeah. Just thumps on the ground and <laughs> cries and sits in a corner. Yeah. During that fuck Molly Crew. Yeah, I don't like Molly <laughs> Crew that much. The movie was and good. sucks. But they suck. Um, during that time, uh, no, I'm going to say something that not a lot of people are going to like, but um, I like Machine Gun Kelly's new song, the one where he sounds like Blink-182. 
All right, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's catchy. I tried to listen to MGK back in the day. I don't like his hip hop. I, I don't like his hip hop. It's at not all. my thing, dude. I hate his hip hop. Check out Tom McDonald though. Some his some of his songs are good, and some of his beats are extremely whack. But the message is there. During that time, John Holmes was waiting for his trial, and he was housed next to Angelo. Um, uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno and Ken- Kenneth Bianchi. Isn't that fucking crazy? He was next door. Um, what is this? What can I pronounce his last name? Bianchi. Angelo De, uh, Angelo. It says Bunoi, but that's not how you pronounce his name. And Kenneth Bianchi, the, the fucking hillside stranglers. No shit. Isn't that crazy? Which we will get into eventually for sure. We're going to dive into some true crime with Anton and Billy. Um, and Wait, do the like actual cover hillside stranglers yes. or the dudes that no. could, took the fall for no, it and went to jail for it first? No, hillside stranglers. No he shit. was in the next cell too. Freaky. It's not fucking weird. Small world. Is. The strangest part is that um, Angelo, uh, Angelo only lived a couple of blocks away from John Holmes in Glendale when the duo was killing women. So they actually lived close to John Holmes while they were doing it. What a That's nuts. fucking weird conspiracy. <laughs> fucking or a fucking coincidence, but... It's fucking weird. Police on the scene said the grisliest scene they've ever seen since like the Manson murders, which is crazy. And no one has ever been like officially charged and convicted for the Wonderland murders. Um, at the time, to- at this time, it literally doesn't seem like anyone will. There was a film in 1997 boogie nights that was based on a documentary about John Holmes. And in it, there is a scene about the Wonderland murders, which mm-hmm. I got to revisit boogie nights for sure. And I would probably watch a doc about him. I have, I actually have a book. I was going to do it before, um, this episode and I've listened to a bit of it, but I have an audio book that him and his wife wrote about his life and stuff like that. So I want to, nice. I want to listen to that and check it out. Cause I just find it's just interesting. I, for sure. It's fine. Interesting. And I'm a, a for of a fan of eighties porn. Um, not so much. The Old shit. school porn is better in it my is. opinion. It's just, it is leaps and bounds better than modern porn. Like I don't it, need I, porn I, in HD. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't need an HD. I don't need them slapping and making a girl cry or whatever the fuck people are into. Oh God. But that's, that's <sighs> weird niche, like yeah. niche kink porn and shit though just it's the it's just again you go down a deep dark hole in that shit because there's there's a lot of give weird me shit older muscly truckers with weird mustaches yeah. <laughs> give, give me that and grainy exactly. grainy film grainy film yeah some a little bit of bush you know i don't mind that you know i don't need i don't need close-ups i don't need the big close-ups of you showing your gaped asshole <laughs> Yeah, we, I, we've talked. I don't about need to that. see inside the no. bottom. Is what I'm saying. No, no one. Yeah, so no one's been officially charged, which is crazy. And obviously, uh, there is a movie in 2003, the one that I watched called Wonderland, was was released based on the crime. E True uh, Hollywood Story, John Holmes and the Wonderland Murders, also did a segment that was released in 2000 around the time of Nash's trial. Obviously, stay relevant, but yeah, it's crazy story. Crazy John Holmes had a crazy life. The Wonderland Murders is crazy. It, like, look up the photos for all the people. Um, I would put them if on Facebook. If you're into gore and yeah, true crime, but, for sure. Yes, check. Look up the photos. If you're interested by true crime cases and, and seeing the carnage, therefore, that it's caused by, um, check it out because you know it's cra- crazy. You know what's crazy is, uh, going back to the whole Tate LaBianca similarities, yeah. uh, do you think that it's because it was a group of 
scumbags for lack of a better term, but just, you know, people that are known as degenerates and drug dealers that were murdered, that there wasn't a public outcry to solve the crime. Yeah. Like, nobody yes. else felt scared. I'm sure no. when the Tate LaBianca murders happened, people were fucking terrified that were wealthy yeah. to do in that area that, you know, this group little gonna come after them policy now. are going to come in and they're going to, they're going to fucking tie a lamp cord around my fucking throat and kill me that, you know, and we're, we're eventually going to get into, uh, Manson. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll cover him, you know, you know, it's, it's a very long, it will be two hours for all the people out there. And I keep shouting it out, but we'll see. Maybe I'll put it in the works soon, but, uh, I have a crazy, uh, movie we should watch. It's, uh, it's not really a movie. It's just footage from a San Quentin interview with him called Charles Manson superstar. Yeah. And this one independent journal went in journalist went in and recorded conversations with Charles Manson. It's fucking crazy. We'll have to do like a watch party on Discord or something. Well, with that's what point. I was thinking too. Uh, for all the people that when we start building Patreon more, I would like eventually to do like a recording where we watch, we do we do horror movie or it could be any movie, but horror movie commentary where we Hell yeah. we we both you know we get everyone set up, everyone watches the same movie. You can we'll find one that you can find on Netflix or Prime or something like that. And everyone you just go one, two, three, and we all press play, even the viewers and the listeners out there, and then we watch the movie together. And you can hear us. I've always wanted to do this, and, and you can hear us comment on it drunk and stoned. I think that would be hilarious. We could even create a private Discord server, have a watch party, one of us stream it, invite people that are on our Patreon, you know, our Patreon supporters or what have you, yeah. send them emails uh, linking it to it, and we could just do it on that. And then you don't have to have the everybody press play at once. It's just streamline and go and watch it. I've watched plenty of movies like that. Hmm. I have to, we'll have to get into that for sure, but I'm stoked you know, for- You we'll that off, we'll, uh, yeah. off mic. We'll be doing that, um, uh, doing a lot of stuff for the Patreon soon. We'll start getting in that. Um, and for all the, the fans, um, you know, that's how you you support us buying buying merch like i have my own sweater on my tomcat sweater uh buying merch is is a yeah is a good uh good way to support us um we don't get huge profits from it but it's just the the fact of people wearing our stuff and it's they're a walking advertisement like i am every day so doing stuff like that is the best way to support us and we will be pumping out the patreon we have talks to do movie reviews and stuff like that which will be a lot of fun Get on that Patreon, people. We'll have good content coming for you soon. Yes. So and, you know, the, the tiers are, are very affordable for all of you. Yes, I'm sure it's a cup of coffee. Three fucking bucks. <laughs> three Get bucks a month. There. Uh, and we'll, we'll make it worth your while. We promise. We'll yeah. uh, we'll do some John Holmes stuff for you, baby. We promise. Yeah. com. You know where to find us. You can find the merch page there. We're going to probably put it, uh, merch out in different websites and shit, too, just in case. And if it's cheaper or better or whatever. But uh, we do like Tee Public, but... The shipping can be a little expensive, but this is how you support us. Absolutely. Follow me on uh, Instagram at HP Shovecraft. Check me out at twitch.tv slash invader daggett, two G's, two D, two T, two G's, two T's underscore TTV. Uh, that link is also on my Instagram page as well. Join me on Thursdays for Bloodthirsty Thursdays, Sub Dead by Daylight, and Sundays for D&D. Fuck yeah. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at The Raptilian on Instagram. And um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitch now if you want, Strange Root Podcast. We're just slowly building it, and it's more, more or less you'll see our live shows um, that we do with Juan, Anton, and me and Billy may eventually get into it if he stops working so much. <laughs> Make that money, Billy. Yeah. All right, so uh, peace You're out, correct. all you motherfuckers out there, you and stay strange. Deluded perspective. Stay strange. It's biological. Life is the pursuit of pleasure, and I've done very well. 
pursuing. So the notion is that if you want to welcome me with open arms, I'm afraid you're also going to have to welcome me with open legs. You're the most amazing shit, the beauty of God's graciousness. The true goddess in a place which is pure godlessness. My first thought is, does our body get my cock stick? I may sound like a pervert, but I'm being honest. I wanna see you bound tight with my dick in your cervix. I promise Thomas is downright sick of skill. The wording, the strongest nonsense she'll ever hear. Bitch will never step near my circle. My dick will hurt you. Don't believe, come try. Hot chick stroke me, get coming there. I, my cock gets chicks horny and they love to ride Enough of my dick and you'll lie still And I will rub and munch your clit I want you wet and moist All bitches suck cock When did that become a choice? Should be cock stop for acting rude to God himself And what you hear on the media is not rap If you think that's music, you need a lot of help Girls, the way you act around dudes You're not yourself, trying to get attention My mind's my invention, my lines cause tension Sending thrills through your body Truly, I wanna kill the Illuminati As soon as I saw your eyes, I knew you were naughty You fucked a lot of guys and used your body to lure them in I'm God, well your boyfriend's just scared to kiss And you avoid him cause you're the fairest man in the land Embarrassed to say he's your man This world's fake, what's really pretend? When women kneel to men Looking for privacy, you build a fence They tap our phones, and they will again They know your dirty thoughts, and how you worship products And the perverted cops that purposely search hot sluts License and registration Mindless, giving head to Satan, no hesitation Death is painless, and our soul elevating Heaven's waiting, laying in a bed Meditating, till I start levitating My soul, from my vessel And I can fly and I'll go wherever I'm divine and designed to get pleasure And my mind is the hidden treasure I'll make you die, or get the gun from the dresser <laughs>